Hey, this is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And before we start the show, we'd like to bring your attention to some cool conferences happening around the world. Specifically, NDC Sydney, happening August 14th through the 18th in Sydney, Australia. Now, I personally can't make it to Sydney this year, but you're going, right, Richard? Absolutely I'm going, you know, because Sydney. Uh, Yeah, awesome. I wish I could go. So go to ndcsydney.com and register now. And for more great NDC conferences, go to ndcconferences.com. Right. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. This is our last show being recorded in the Fishbowl at Build. 2017. Because the show is coming to an end. It is. It's Friday afternoon. The party's almost over. Right. So you might hear some duct tape being pulled up off the floor. You might hear some backhoe. What do they call those things? Uh, The front loaders. Front loaders. The the, the electric lifts and all that stuff. Yeah, the forklifts. Yeah. Things being torn down and we're going to get out of here pretty soon. But we have an awesome show. I'm very excited This is a very exciting show. James Clark is here. We're going to be talking all about fluent and composition and all of that stuff. So before we get into that, let's run the music for a little segment we call Better Know Framework. Awesome. All right, dude, what do you got? Well, James, you're welcome to jump in here, and I'm calling out one of your favorite tools that I am reminded of daily that you use, Bringcast. Aha. Mm. And Bringcast is the original podcast app for Windows devices. It's basically on all Windows things. I guess it's Windows 10 too, maybe? It is indeed. It's a universal Windows platform app. Right. And how I know this is because every once in a while I get this tweet, hey, I'm listening to .NET Rocks episode so-and-so using Bringcast. And you're the only one that I get those tweets from. <laughs> <laughs> and so I wonder how many people actually use Bringcast. Yes, my sales figures bear this out. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you like it? What's great about it? Well, I, I wrote it. That's really why I like what? it. What? Yes. You no. did? Who would yeah. have thought? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, I like writing code, and it was uh, a good thing to write. That's so, yeah. really cool. That's awesome. Wow, and so is it, are you planning to Xamarinize this thing? And ah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm planning to use our new Fluent uh, design system and, well, and modernize it with that, I can tell you that much. Right. But uh, yeah, maybe Xamarin as well, who knows? Yeah, good. Well, we'll get into that. So I just wanted to bring that up you know, as a point of uh, mm-hmm. interest with our guest. I never thought I would feature on Better Know Framework. In <laughs> there that you form. go. And in the show. Yeah, I the guest at the show and a feature on it's Better like a Know double Framework. rainbow. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All the way across the sky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, that's that's what's new and good. Uh, who's talking to us, Richard? I grabbed a comment off of show 1344, the one we did with Billy Hollis back in September 2016, talking about XAML apps, because I'm pretty sure we're going to have a little bit of a XAML conversation. Okay. I'm just guessing, and I'm a good guesser. And this comment comes from Charles, who says, keeping it simple, and, I, and the reference here to, in the show was, of course, we were talking about how Developers want to keep their UI sort of minimal. They don't want to put a lot of time into them. And, and Billy's sort of the opposite of that in a lot sort of, of ways. Yeah. Sort of. So, sort of. Sort kind of. Kind of, kind of a lot. The opposite. Yeah, actually, kind yeah. Of, that's exactly what Billy's about. Keeping it simple shouldn't be a design philosophy just because a substantial part of the Microsoft user base is made of unsophisticated, draggy-droppy developers who have never heard of an interface. I am always unimpressed when someone presents a technology and mentions almost as an unimportant detail that it has a steep learning curve. Yeah. A steep learning curve is a very bad thing. 
<laughs> Intuitiveness and discoverability are essential to the success and pleasure of using a technology. Busy people don't have time to waste debugging some weird behaviors, writing lots of boilerplate code, or learning convoluted technologies. That's what's made the success of WinForms in VB6, or more recently, Python. Smart people also use and like Python. <laughs> and I bet lots of smart users who understand WPF still fire up a WinForm when they want to get something done quickly and efficiently. Plus, let's keep this in mind that the rule that Warren Buffett always follows, always invest in simple businesses that can even be run by an idiot, because sooner or later, it will be. <laughs> oh, there's something I could say about the United States right now, but I won't. Well, and it's the same for your line of business app. I can't argue with that. You, know, mm. you shouldn't have to count on the brilliance of your users to be able to use software. Anybody should be able to use it. Don't presume they're stupid. Presume that they want to figure it out and make it as easy as possible to do. Yeah. So Charles, thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or via any of our social media because we publish every show to Facebook and Google+. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. We paint double rainbows with them. <laughs> 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 All right. Let's bring on James officially here. James Clark is a lead program manager on Composition Team, where he works on the system compositor and the Windows UI Composition API. Prior to joining Microsoft, James spent nine years as CTO of London-based startup Route 6. In his spare time, he enjoys photography, music, and spending time with his family in Redmond, Washington, where he now lives. Uh, James has an unfortunate addiction to social media, and you can find him on Twitter as at ClarkZone. It's funny, Route 6, we have the same thing in America, but it's called Route 66. <laughs> it's, it, when we named the company, that was, that was definitely an observation that was, yeah. was taken. Yes. Well, and it's Root R-O-O-T, but yes. not R-O-U-T. Yes. All right, anyway. We're all sorts of jokey here. Absolutely. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. I feel very honored to be here today. Oh. Well, Huge fan. Too. Yeah, great. Yeah. We're glad you're here, man. We, definitely. If without smart people like you, we have to get real jobs, and nobody wants <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, nobody least, wants that. Least of all us. What, so what do you do at Microsoft? So uh, I work on the composition team, and, and, and we really build this, this, this part of Windows called the Visual Air. We call it, refer to it as the Visual Air. The Visual Air? As visual Air. The Visual Air. Yes. Okay. Which is a somewhat confusing uh, term, but, but really it's the underpinnings of the UI stack for Windows. Wow. Right. And so it's really, you know, you may have heard of the desktop window manager or DWM. Sure. It's, it's really sort of the core kind of composition engine for, for Windows. It's, mm -hmm. it's the thing that puts all the pixels on the screen. Yeah. Right. And, it, and, it, and a big deal, like we're old enough to remember Windows taking charge of the devices and how every app drew on the screen and so forth. Like right. it's a challenging world to live in. It is, yes. I mean, composing the desktop is, is definitely a challenging world. And, and, and the thing that we've really been doing over the course of many years is trying to modernize that core right. to really make possible some of these new delightful kind of UI paradigms that we wanted to introduce along the way. And so really, as we're here in introducing the Fluent Design System at Build, which we're very excited about, you know, it's really the culmination of, you know, probably at least five years of work, right. in, you know, kind of going on behind the scenes to have a modern core. I was going to say, the whole modernization of UI really began with Longhorn, didn't it? Or Windows it did, Vista. Yeah. yeah. That you went away from the GDI model yes. and into this, you know, more emphasis on using the GPU to render things, being able to 
composite, as you say, embed video in an icon while it's playing in full screen, and the same thing is driving yes. it all. And we've literally been investing in that engine ever since, and so, you know, back as, as, as I mean, it feels like a long time ago to me, but, um, yeah. you know, thinking of Windows 8, where we right. actually did a whole chunk of work to make things like smooth panning and zooming possible in the browser stack, mm -hmm. and then, you know, plumbing that engine inside of XAML so that XAML can take advantage of it and then introducing new effects and animation APIs, lighting, those kind of things. And now we, we bring out our new design system and it can leverage all of those things. And the other beauty is that, it, that, that we've really optimized it to work well across devices because obviously you're thinking about universal Windows platform where we have you know, a real multitude of different targets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This yeah. may be the first time some of our listeners have heard about the Fluent design system, so maybe we should talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a really exciting moment. So, <laughs> you know, I think if, if, if you think back to our, our previous incarnation, which you know, was referred to by the codename of Metro, right. everyone's yeah. heard of Met, the, you know, right. Metro. And then we had to stop using that name. We had to it, stop it using that name. Let me say, you guys had to stop, stop using yes. it. We don't work for Microsoft, so That's we is very true, that's yeah. very true. Yeah. I shall use it sparingly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But really, that was born in a, in, a, in, a in a world that was really focused on, on mobile. Mobile was exploding right, at the time. Right. And, and if you look at the world now, you think about you know, really the, the, the breadth of screens and the matrix of screens versus new input modalities, speech, pen, touch. Mm -hmm. and, and then as we think about kind of mixed reality and, and 3D, really, you know, we, we needed to rethink just the, the approach to, to, to a design language all up. And yes. We wanted to come up with really a unified vision that would work well across all of these different media. Now when you say design language, I think of XAML. So what is, what's the difference and where does Fluent fit Well really the, the design system is the thing that, that systematizes the sort of technologies. So I mean some of the things that make Fluent up, some of the kind of traits and characteristics, things like lighting, things like dimensionality, things like kind of connected animations and fluid motion. We needed a way of actually kind of prescribing how those things could be brought to bear in a coherent way, because really we want a system that feels like it's designed and feels like, you know, when you launch app A, app B, they feel part of the same uh, kind of, you know, e expressive palette. Interesting. Okay. And so really that's what the design system is. We put an awful lot of thought into, into really making you know, great guidelines. And, and, and you know, it's been quite a, quite a concerted launch here. You know, if going right. and looking at some of the, the resources online that, that, that speak to this, you'll see that you know, we've really tried to think about what, what do developers need to know to go implement this really from the get-go. You seem to imply here that nothing's ever been thrown away. This has been an evolution from right. Win 8 onward. Technology-wise, for sure, yes. Yeah. yes. So Fluent is maybe an extension of the, the things that we were doing in Windows 8, right? I, I, th I think we, we want a fresh start. So I think okay. th the extension is really in the platform itself in terms of you know, what we've done to build up and really build a, a, a solid and strong foundation underneath. But things yeah. like lighting, you know, we, we introduced lighting in kind of the Windows 10 release. And how would that work in an app, let's well, say? Well, exactly, and that was really exactly the problem is, you know, great, I've got lighting and I can shine a light on my app. And right. that is, it seems like a hard thing to digest. And actually, yeah. as we were, you know, showing some of the feature set that we built to, to even the design teams internally, they, they, it took them a while to really think, well, how could we use lighting and how could we systematize it? And so what, what you see is we, we built this kind of technology in Windows 10 that gave lighting. The designers then you know, iterated and thought the best place to use this. Uh. And what you then see now in, in the Fluent Design System is this thing that we call Reveal Highlight, which is this notion of a system where as you, on a PC with a mouse, you hover across the UI and you see this sort of rather delightful 
lighting play across the edges of the buttons in this nice way. So I just thought of a really great April Fool's joke software app. Uh -oh. If you wrote something so that it shined a light on the entire screen <laughs> and it would drive the user crazy because they'd be looking back and looking at the yeah, screen trying to find, yes. where is that light and what, what, what happens? I know. Well, this is it's what happens. from inside. This What's is going on? Yeah, this is exactly what happened. You know, we, we produced the APIs, but we didn't have the system. And so that was really, I mean, really, I think that's the thing that the system brings is that, you know, we, we implement these, these beautiful looks and feels actually directly in the controls in XAML. So if you put things like a list view or a grid, you'll get these, these design system traits for free and automatically. And so I think that's really what differentiates it. We only have so many cycles, and I, I think I'm referring back to, to Charles's comment too. It's like, developers are only gonna put so much time into UI, so a lot of that, I don't want to call it candy, because I think it also reduces friction, like it, it ultimately is important, but I, you can't make it too hard to use. Exactly. Like is, could lighting just be focus? It is focus, and, and if you think about focus, focus applies to things like when you're using pen, things like when you're using mouse, and mm -hmm. even in a mixed reality world, you know, the notion of gaze. And uh, so yeah. the reveal highlight uh, f capability that we have really is designed to unify across all of those input modalities and be built into the controls. So as you use the controls, you just get this for free. So from a developer point of view, we want it to just be the default. Yeah. When this is done well, it's delightful. And I, and I use the word delight like quite specifically. It's like, I am delighted working in this app. It makes you smile. Yes. And when it's done badly, it's like, this is incredibly obnoxious. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny you should say that. I mean, what I, I did a talk on this topic yesterday, and, mm -hmm. and one of the observations I made is, we've started to get some of the Fluent Design System showing up in a variety of apps. And one of the apps that internally at Microsoft re that's recently kind of come on stream is the Mail app. Mm -hmm. And in the Mail app, it's using kind of some of these traits, reveal highlights and our acrylic materials and some of these other things. And I, and I literally find myself in the Mail app just moving the cursor over mail messages it's because it feels delightful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a time waster is what you said. Yeah. <laughs> It's a thing that you have to feel, and, yeah. and, and when you show it and demo it, people kind of go, okay, you know, that's great, that's it's nice great. eye candy, but when, when you use before and after, and again, you know, I showed this yesterday, examples like, you know, with connected animations, which is this notion of using motion to kind of connect page transitions, so instead of the sort of, you know, kind of scene cut of I'm in page A, I click, snap Split to page, page B, yeah, I do right. a navigate. It, there's this much more fluid experience where, you know, you're, if you're in a master details scenario, maybe some icon or, or image will essentially kind of animate from one page to the other. Yeah. Interesting. When wow. you yeah. see it without that, it suddenly just feels so kind of utilitarian right. and robotic. You don't know what you're missing when you, you have never yeah, seen it. Correct. And once you do see it, the old world looks ugly. Yeah, and wow. I think also, you know, you look at kind of normal people, you know, my wife, they couldn't tell you you know, why they prefer right. this one to that one. Right. But, but they can tell you, I do prefer this one. Right. And it's, I think, because of this, you know, use of these, of these right. things that, that we want to bring do in. You, do you have any big partners doing the major desktop apps? Like I'm thinking of Adobe Creative Cloud apps. Yeah. You, starting to embrace it? Because they've been good about, you know, using WPF in the past and all yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, Adobe's been an incredible partner and actually been working with them on a tool, a brand new tool called Adobe XD or Experience Designer, which Whoa. they actually, I don't know if you've come across it. No. I, I think, I'm not sure if it's actually f shipping in final form or whether it's in a preview still, but we, they still actually- Still in a beta. Still in a beta. They came to us and they wanted to build it as a universal Windows platform app. Interesting. And so that in itself was interesting because we got the opportunity to build a very significant design tool 
on our modern platform. Right. But yeah. one of the other things we announced as part of this Fluent Design System wave was support in XD for actually kind of designing uh, experiences using, using the new system. Wow. So absolutely, you know, working very closely with companies like Adobe. Is the Surface Studio like your favorite piece of hardware now or what? Are you referring to my talk yesterday now? No, I didn't <laughs> see I, your talk yesterday. I'm just saying that seems like the perfect tool for what you're doing. Well, it's funny because I've been lugging this, this Surface Studio around the halls and I've, actually, I've hurt my shoulder because... Um, this? You have it here? I, I, I don't oh. have it. I actually, oh, okay. they, they wanted it so badly that uh, they took it away right at the end of the session. But I, wow. you know, up on stage with this incredible... I felt like, you know, NASA... Yeah, yeah, Star and, Trek and you, Enterprise. You know what's yeah. incredible? Doing, doing any kind of uh, tech talk on one of those things, you just feel like... Right, yeah. amazing. I am, I am the boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and really that, that is obviously a great device for for both consuming and building these kinds of apps because right. it really embraces the modalities. But it was not built to be carried around. It was not. No, My was shoulder can testify. Yeah, no kidding. And wow. I keep trying to find excuses to own one of those. Things. Oh, I'm going to own one. You're going to do it. I, I am. am. You're going to. I'm actually looking forward to do some video work on it because yes. you know for Premiere, yes, it would be wonderful. Thirty-two I can gigabytes. Tell. Yeah, with the with the dial, with the dial, and just being able to touch everything mm -hmm. and the the resolution and yeah, there yeah. actually are better UIs. There's a better way to interact with the machine. That that angle, that lowered angle yeah. of just the sort of drafting table angle. Yes, I know. I've and always no, wanted. I've been talking about this kind of thing ever since the tablet show. Sure. Well, yeah. and, and, and me personally can't abide buying someone else's computer. I have to build it. So I've been hunting for the right screen that I can then tie it into one of my machines. Right. So I really want to have a screen down low like that and one up above so yes. that, that, that are wired together. And one's, one's touchable and manipulable and in that posture, and the other one is that standoff, yes. show you more details, show you more text kind wow. of screen. Well, I think this speaks exactly to sort of what we're trying to solve you know, with this new design system mm -hmm. is this, this is the new world. This is, you know, having multiple input surfaces, multiple right. modalities concurrently there transitioning right. between displays you know we need a new way of, of dressing ui in this in these forms i think absolutely yeah. yeah and and you need a new ui that'll go with that'll actually allow that yeah. so while the bits have been carried forward you you've made a cut essentially to say okay we're going to think about this a little differently yeah we want to think about it differently correct yeah and so i mean we mentioned lighting and you mentioned that sort of uh, detail yes what other are there other big elements yeah there are so you know the, the lighting is one materials is another one so yeah. You know, if you think back to Metro, Metro really, you know, embraced the notion of authentically digital and the notion of, you know, primary colors yeah, and some of these things. strong colors. Which, which was very successful, and it was so successful that it influenced the whole industry to kind of change the way right. that UI was built. I would point out that on Run As Radio, my other podcast, I use the 11 Metro colors <laughs> for each of my shows, and I have 11 different mugs that all say Run As Radio in each color. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, and and that's a great pattern, and I think you right. know it really it, it was it just made color acceptable. Yeah, like the, the color as a touch point, as a reference point. Yeah, and and I think at the time skeuomorphism was very prevalent in other areas. Yes. And, and I think that that was quite a, an opinionated thing that we did, but I think it was actually very successful mm -hmm. and worked really nicely. I think the thing there were other issues. There were other issues for sure, <laughs> yeah. but I, but I think you know the thing that's really changed the context. You know. First of all, expression and creativity. I mean, that's another big focus mm -hmm. here is, yeah. you know, I think creativity is being commoditized. And, right. you know, like in, I think, one of our design keynotes, we talked about how Snapchat, people are communicating with creativity. They're, right. just, they're not just saying, hello, I'm at, at Foo. They're 
annotating foo with images and emoticons and, and all and this stuff. And you know, when stuff. you get a bunch of clever people together on Slack or something, you read the interactions, they're as funny as watching a sitcom. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's delightful. Yeah, yeah they're delightful, is. exactly. Yeah. Right. right. And that's the way we are, we are communicating now. So I think, you know, the materials just brings that ability to, to, to be more expressive. And I think, you know, you think of a photograph and you look at a photograph with bokeh where you have that beautiful depth of field and out of focus. And, and the human eye just likes that. It just yes. yeah. it, it sees that beautiful gradation and really wants to... I think, it, I think it's stress relieving. To yeah. The, only the central part of your focus needs to worry about that picture because the rest of it right. is out of focus. Right. Yeah. It's why it's, it's instantly soothing. Because yeah. it allows you to yeah. focus in like that. Exactly. So, I mean, we wanted to take that concept and really bring it in as an element in the UI. And so that's where our acrylic material is, is sort of the first of, of many materials that we'll probably end up doing. But it's one that is designed to speak to that exact part of cognition that just enjoys. I mean, in the end, these are still just pixels. They're just pixels. But, I mean, it's, you know, like I hear material, it's like, well, you're not sticking anything to my screen, per se. But <laughs> no. what you are is talking about sort of an animation and a texture to a given set of pixels that yes. represent the background of a screen or yeah, exactly. of, a, of a window or exactly. a button surface? Yeah, so I mean, we, we have this new control that we call the navigation view that, mm -hmm. that essentially systematizes the pattern that we have for navigation and, and it's sort of that left-hand pane that can collapse. And what we've done is we've added this acrylic material to that new navigation control by default. And so, you know, you, you drop in about five lines of XAML code, you get a navigation view and a navigation spine for your app. But you also get this this part of the design system that it incorporates the material, and and so you know from a developer perspective, you're getting this relatively easy concept to, to drop into the app, and from the user perspective, you get this well this well designed and well thought through material that very navigable, very navigable. James, give me one second here to pay the bills. This episode of .NET Rocks is made possible in part by Windows on the Google Cloud Platform. You may not know this, but the Google Cloud Platform supports Windows Server 2008, 2012, and 2016. It also supports SQL Server versions 2012, 2014, and 2016 standard, web, and enterprise editions with high availability. You can deploy your ASP.NET Windows apps to Compute Engine or your ASP.NET Core apps to App Engine or Container Engine. That's Google's hosted Kubernetes environment. .NET and .NET Core libraries are there for all 200-plus Google.com and cloud services in NuGet, led by John Skeet of Stack Overflow fame. But what about Visual Studio integration? Oh, it's there. You can use Visual Studio to manage your GCP resources and deploy your existing apps. You get stack driver logging, error reporting, and tracing support for .NET and .NET Core. PowerShell commandlets for GCP, which run on Windows and Linux. And a great set of partners to bring your Windows and .NET workloads to GCP, including Capgemini, Nudesic, and Magenic. So go to gcp.netrocks.com and get your free trial today. And you're listening to .NET Rocks. We're doing our last show at Build. Carl and Richard talking to James Clark about the fluent design and... You just found something there, I buddy. I just found this picture. This is this is a fluent picture, isn't this it? This is one of the design comps, yeah. One of the design. So it's essentially look. It looks like a bunch of three-dimensional and two-dimensional objects in a three-dimensional space. But you know, one's a calendar. Behind that is a is a thermometer. Then there's a calculator. There's a clock, and then you've got these 3D pie charts that are floating and with shadows on them and around them and. It just looks beautiful. 
It looks like something that I would see in my HoloLens. Do you know what I mean? Well, this is exactly, I mean, in fact, in fact what a great segue to, the, to, to sort of the third point. And, you know, we talked about lighting, we talked about um, materials, but, but dimensionality is another thing that is, is one of the, the kind of cornerstones of fluent design. Right, yeah. Well, you and, know, and, you know, I want HoloLens to come true, but the wow. UI that we have right now is enough to it. Like, it's, it, it's a bunch of floating windows and, and sort of, pixely spinny things. Like, as much as it's still awesome, we, we're going to have to go to another layer. When I look at this picture you just showed, and I'll make sure I get a link to the yeah. show so people can look at that. Yeah. that. I'd like to see that, please. Yes. I'd like to see that on the HoloLens. Yeah. Well, the thing is, 3D and, and, and mixed reality is like another continent. Like, we've mm. explored and, and we understand very well the continent of 2D UI, but if right. you think about mixed reality, it really is a completely new place that we're still exploring. And and so again, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to kind of really come up with a new approach was to be able to embrace and extend and understand and play in that in that new sandbox. Right. And so I think that also speaks to the approach that we're using to roll out the new design system, which is, it, you know, we're not doing it in one big bang. We're not doing it in one, here it is, right. go party. We're, we're doing right. it in waves. And so we're here at Build, focusing primarily on the wave one technologies. When I look at this picture that we've been talking about now, is this inspirational then? Like we want to get here or this is not what's coming out of the first cut? I think that came out of the first session that we presented on, okay. on introducing it. And you know, that, that is one of the things that is probably more of a wave two, wave three thing because it's really you know, going a lot further There's a lot of with layers dimensionality. There. And you yeah. know, we're doing some elements of dimensionality now, but mm -hmm. you know, we, we showed already, in fact, in, in the talk that, that I did, we actually showed a demo at the end where we took a two-dimensional UWP app and we showed an example of it running on a Windows mixed reality device and we were doing some automatic kind of depth extension to wow. the app. So the developer yeah. had merely taken their 2D app and had annotated, you know, using very standard sort of Z-index properties. And we were able to make it feel like an actual immersive and, and deep app. Wow, that's you know, good. Because we've done work in the platform. And, th and that actually was the demo that really, it was, it was the worst demo from the sense of it completely failed at the beginning. Right. Wow. But we saved it just at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was the one that really resonated with people because the thing with, the thing with mixed reality is developers don't want to necessarily go and learn Unity right. and build this, this incredibly... Well, we're all afraid to try and become 3D experts. Yeah. It looks really yeah. hard. Yeah. It, it so is. And, and I'm look, sure you got a big round of applause. The moment you show me that me as a mortal developer with an app that I could believe I could make yeah. can suddenly look like this. That's yep. exactly right. And I think, you know, because actually a lot of the 2D paradigms make sense in 3D. Like the notion mm -hmm. of I'm, I'm trying to select a series of options, you know, like a settings interface. You don't sure. need to necessarily have the most complex 3D settings interface. And yet you want that thing to feel that it's separated dimensionally yeah. on its own plane right. perhaps. And, and that's where it's like, it's not really a 3D engine to do settings. It's still 2D concepts, 2D layout, but right. with an additional set of ingredients. In a 3D space. Correct, yeah. exactly. And we think that is really where the sweet spot is for developers. Because in the end, we really don't want things behind other things in the sense that like, I don't know where they are, I can't see them. Like, Real 3D, kind of sucky. <laughs> yeah, well, but that sense that you know, when I look at again, I look at this picture, it makes me comfortable because that sense of depth is more normal. It, it's easier to focus. It's easier to look at. Did we ever have a system where you could actually push things back and forth in 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 the z-axis with a mouse or a wheel or something like that? I'm sure we did, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, I thought about that. I can't remember who I was talking to. It might have even been on the show or the tablet show. Do you remember when I don't really know how practical it is, but... Remember when Mark Miller and Seth Juarez had that crazy 
Connect keyboard interface yes. where it was how they rotated their hands and how far back and forth they moved them right. to select letters. Right. Which I'm like, talk about gorilla arm. That yeah. was, was <laughs> it was yeah. pretty awesome. Like right. it's just gonna be hard to hold your hands out and and how far in and out you held them set what row of yes. letters you were working for. But if you think about it something like, you know, the modern touch screens that can sense pressure. Yeah. Okay, so I, I click on a window to move it around. What if I push? Yeah. I'll push this back. Maybe. Well, and you see that on, on the pen, right? That the pressure yes. on pen matters. Like even yeah. my Surface Book and the Surface 4 Pro and so forth, like they, they have that little Wacom technologies. You can glide a pen over the, the screen and it doesn't click any button. But when you press a little, yeah. the button gets clicked. I yes. guess, you know, the metaphor sort of breaks down is when things just pop into different Z-axis positions. Right. Because you really can't pull, right? <laughs> yeah, it's that notion of sort of analog in the Z, in the yeah. Z dimension, yeah. which... You know, I think on HoloLens, you know, you have the tap gesture, which is sort of a, right. a fixed gesture, but mm -hmm. it's trying to use that notion of pushing into space, I guess. Right. Of a Z, yeah. You need some handle when it's back there to be able yeah. to grab onto it and pull it forward. Or some yeah. theremin-like thing where you go, woo, woo, <laughs> moving my hand back and forth. A lot of gestures for a talk show. A lot of gestures. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is now? Ah, uh, it must be that happy time again. Yeah, it's time to announce a new slogan. Your UI is either fluent or effluent. <laughs> <laughs> Which is it going to be, kids? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Don't let your fluent interface be effluent. <laughs> and then a big picture of a toilet. You're going to give me credit for that one, That's right? That's good. You're using that in your next talk. I, I will use that in my next talk. I know you are. <laughs> Fluent or effluent? We can make a game show. <laughs> yes, Here is like the before state. It is effluent. It's actually time to give away a D-Experience subscription from DevExpress to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation, touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an Office-inspired application, or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best, without limits or compromise. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial at devexpress.com slash superhero. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Karen O'Connor. Congratulations, Karen. Yeah, golf club for you. And uh, Karen just won the D-Experience subscription, a big pile of awesome from our friends at DevExpress, just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And if you don't know what that is, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 shopping spree. Mm -hmm. Technology-based, but not necessarily. Mm. We'd give you $5,000 worth of birdseed if you wanted it. <laughs> Just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. That's a lot of birdseed. That's a lot of birdseed. <laughs> but you got to sign up to win. All right, James, you know what's coming. You're, you I listen do. to the show. What are you going to buy with five grand if you had it? Well, I've been mulling this over a lot. It's actually been, you know, on my mind. And, and I think where I landed here was, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the new display that Dell have just, uh, I think it's actually shipping now, but they've just released an 8K display, believe oh, it or man. not. Oh, man. And guess what? $4,999. Oh, how convenient. Wow. How convenient. So 
Yeah, I mean, one of one of the other things I own in Windows is, is high DPI, right? And that is a, a completely separate story. But uh, as as someone that appreciates high right. DPI and the intricacies of it, I think I would love one so of those. It's a shame you'll never win this this yeah, contest. It is, uh, isn't it? <laughs> Thirty-two inch eight K display. Now, what the heck can drive it at eight K? Is it is it four HDMI cables? Like I don't actually know, but I know that I, I think. Apple has a 5K they display. They do have a 5K. Mm -hmm. And I think they're using two streams of DisplayPort to drive it. So right. I'm guessing probably yeah, it two like streams. It's, it's all DisplayPort. Or wow. DP, yeah. maybe DP 1.4. Yeah, there, one is, of the there isn't even HDMI connectors on here. I'm looking at the tech specs here. It's just DisplayPort. Yeah. Add to cart. $5,000. Yeah. Life acceptance factor. You know this one thing that Richard and I observed over the years is that when you give somebody a gift like this, it's like you've got some extra money, what would you like us to buy for you? Typically they opt for screens, or they used to anyway, mm -hmm. because screens yeah. are something that's a luxury. You know, upgrading my monitor is, doesn't have the spousal acceptance factor but it's so not, much it, as, a, as a computer. But it doesn't, it isn't a luxury. Like I am so- No, 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 it's perceived as a yeah. luxury, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I consciously, there are certain classes of work I'm doing where I'm like, I gotta go down to my, I have the Dell 43, mm. 4K. Oh, very nice. Right? Because it's a, you're running, it's 120 GPI, you're running at 100%, like it's, there's just so much room to spread out and see everything, right? And when I'm researching geek outs, I do it on that screen. Like that, it makes a difference. Any other machine that I do that on, I need two screens. Yeah, with that one screen at pure 4K with that DPI, I could see everything I need yeah. to. So I can. It's a very smooth flow of reviewing a technical paper and pulling notes into OneNote. Like it matters, and it's productivity at the end of the day because you can literally partition it out and lay out. You know, here's all the different panes to do the to do the task. And yeah, yeah, it make, it makes an absolute difference. And since you are the DPI guy, let's. I'm just going to take advantage of this now. Please do. <laughs> What's the real reward? Like, I, I don't like 30-inch 4K screens because I have to scale them, right? I own a Surface Book, which is 3K by 2K, really weird dimensions. We but think again, it's like a sick 200%. joke you play on old people. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're squinting, right? We're taking off our yes. glasses and looking at You've seen me do this. I, I have. Fired, I fired up an old version of, of remote desktop that doesn't understand high DPI. Oh, yeah, gosh. I yeah. can feel the body blows coming yeah. in. <laughs> so now I take my, and he saw me. Yeah, my glasses like, are off, my like, nose is on the oh, screen. Like, I am trying to maneuver yes. a mouse pointer. These, uh, these uh, letters uh, are five RDP pixels RDP is high. not our finest hour as yeah. far as DPI is concerned. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's a thing that we've been investing in release over release to try and improve. And I think we've we've made some strides and in the you know in the creators update we've actually i think got a few pieces to land sure. that have really t we've turned a corner a little bit but mm. there's still a lot to, to a, a lot Apple further solves to this problem in a very easy way it's their hardware right yes. they control everything they do you guys are taking on a way harder problem hey guess yeah. what dell made a 32 inch 8k screen go Right. Like, yes. Did you have a plan? Did they tell you first? I bet they yes. didn't. <laughs> well, the problem is back when a lot of uh, you know pivotal decisions were made, that none of this was even considered to be a thing. You know, it's like 640k is, will never is be enough. Yeah, yeah. And, right. and it was the same. Like you know, 96 DPI, That's same plenty. deal. Yeah. And and so we started to do our 125, and then it, and then it went nuts in the Windows 8 and 8 went yeah. one time frame. You suddenly started seeing 300 DPI screens. Yeah. And so literally, we were kind of. What do we do? You know, all these Win32 apps out there that we don't have and, the APIs. And websites. Like, we were just using 72 DPI graphics, right. and then all yeah. of a sudden they look terrible. And bitmaps were just fine. And now, yeah. you know, SVG obviously is there, yeah. but, it, you know, 
it, it's a really I'm tough get, problem. Get, I've gone as far as PNG, okay? I'm not at the SVG <laughs> level. Sorry, I am starting to use PNGs. I'm, just, yes. I'm trying to be a better person, Good James, I swear. Good man. We love you. <laughs> but yeah, just this you talk about complexity, right? Yeah. But just this idea of, well, I need more than one resolution of a given image depending on who, yes. who's showing it and how. Yes. I, 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 and so I think, you know, we, we really want to try and do a better job in, in Windows at solving this. We don't, ha we don't have the ability to move in, in ways that other people like Apple have moved. And, mm -hmm. and so we have to try and solve the legacy problems. Like, you know, in, I guess in UWP and XAML, we solve this in, in UWP. So, right. you know, you, we have automatic scaling at the framework level. Yeah. And that's really what you need is you need to just take it away from the developer or something right. to have to worry about Maybe they want to do custom assets, but beyond that, layout is automatic. So getting back to Fluent. Fluent. Uh, this is a design spec. Is it a system? Is it something that the developer needs to particularly enable? Or is it just built into XAML, UWP? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, we refer to it as a design system. And so it really yeah. comes with a bunch of principles, a bunch of you know, developer guidance, a bunch of standard controls a bunch of design tools, you so know, we have- the whole thing. It's the whole thing, and we've right. literally got templates for, you know, Photoshop and Illustrator to actually do the layouts. We've nice. got kind of the acrylic material treatment so that you can build acrylic wow. materials inside of Photoshop. And before and the break, you had said navigation spine, and it made me smile. <laughs> it's such a neat way to refer, I guess it's a control, right? It's yeah. just navigation control. Yeah. So, I mean, not Alt-F for file, Dude, really? We're <laughs> going to change? We, like, are, we, are we ready to commit to a new navigation I system? I'm, I I'm totally in. Like, but <laughs> that's why I'm teasing you about the whole Alt-F thing. But it's like, because yeah, yeah. it's time. That is old. Yeah. I, I think it, it is time. And, 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 and part of the problem is, you know, these input modalities mean that, you know, they don't all work well with the, the old school way of doing sure. things. Like, you know, an Alt-F, whatever, re requires keyboards and... You may not. You may. You may yeah. only have voice. You know. Yeah. You, you know. Literally, maybe as we call it a zero DUI, where there's literally no pixels. Ever tried to voice. hit Alt F on an iPhone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it ain't a Rhode Island red. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What? We've suddenly gone surreal. Oh wow! Richard Campbell is walking on mushrooms. This is yeah, a very yeah, colorful yeah. episode. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that, you, do you remember that reference? Was that Foghorn Leghorn? No, no, that was uh, it was a the bo the, the Wendy's boneless chicken commercial. Right? Oh. What's a boneless chicken? Well, it ain't a Rhode Island red. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I remember. I've seen my mind works. You ever seen boneless chicken when they're out live? They just kind of flop around. Now we got to tie this back to UI. Because I've seen some boneless chicken UIs <laughs> oh, in my yeah. day. That's well, right. I felt like a boneless chicken yesterday, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to tell everybody why. Oh, just, you know, I, we've been working hard. This, is, this has been, oh, yeah. you know, I think if you, if you look at just how broadly we've, we, we've tried to, to, to bring this to bear, it's just, it's just taken a lot of, a lot of yeah. uh, time is, and, and energy. It, and for folks that work outside of Microsoft but have to work with them like we do, making shows and things, it's like there's that, that last month before build, yeah. nobody wants to talk to anybody. We're head down. In fact, yeah. people said they're out of office and say, I am head down on build. Unless right. something's yes. on fire, exactly. do not bother me. So that's right. where the bones of my body went. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Dissolving. So, and I don't think it gave you time to really talk about what this new navigation metaphor looks like. I just right. got hooked on the spine idea. And yeah, well, I mean, it's really, it, it's really the notion of having the navigation pane that collapses. So, right. you know, we're really systematizing the thing that we've had, you know, we had it in the form of a split view control. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In in the talk we did yesterday, we just showed 
that to do a good split view implementation previously, there was a lot of code, you know, sort of 200 lines of markup, you know, a whole bunch of code behind to right. really get accessibility and all of the kind of keyboard commanding and, and other aspects that you needed. And so in our navigation view, we're really just taking that and saying, here is the control, here's how you inject your menu items and we'll do the rest for you. Does this work on all form factors? Does phones yes. too? Yes, it does. So it has all of the collapsing, it has the adaptiveness, it's using adaptive state triggers under the covers so that as you kind of resize the window, it, it, it'll do all of the right things. And, and, wow. and, the, and the other nice thing is the materials themselves adapt. So I mentioned that we have the acrylic material so you can sort of see through this material to the desktop when mm -hmm. the pane is open. Yeah. When you collapse the window down, the pane then uses the in-app form of acrylic. So instead of seeing what's behind, you oh. actually see what's in the app instead. And so wow. we've built a bunch of the policy and a bunch of the smarts into the into the control and into the system to just have those those things happen. And that is so amazing. I, I'm trying to visualize it. I can't. Yeah, uh, I wish I wish this was. Uh, I, I wish, wish I, I had seen the talk too. Yeah. Is, is the talk going to be online? It's online. Yeah. 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 It's the best thing about Build. Everything's recorded. Everything's published to Channel Nine. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. It's I mean, all there. Yeah, we, so we, we were literally trying to take people through what would it take to have a before app with no fluent design and an effluent. after app. <laughs> yeah, we take the effluence <laughs> and we make it fluent, exactly. <laughs> we're we're going we're to practice this more before we the are. end of this That's right, show. We'll quiz. So that it's it'll, it'll be tripping off the tongue. That's it. You'll just be using it now. Yeah. That's, but I mean, those are things to consider because as you use these materials and as you use GPU effects, suddenly, you know, the battery life can take a hit and that's why we've, we've tried to build... Yeah in the smarts to make that not be the case. Now, does this work in WPF? Does this work in WPF? That was the question I was really looking forward to getting. <laughs> okay. No, this does not work in WPF. Okay. Excellent. We're leaving WPF behind. I wouldn't go as far as to say that. There's actually an interesting talk, I think it's right after this show, okay. that a guy called Mike Batista is doing that's talking about how to get some of our modern technologies to, to light up in WinForms and WPF. Okay. I look forward to seeing that talk and learning yeah. more about exactly what we're but doing you know, there. The reality is, UWP is really coming into its own, isn't it? And there, it's yet another reason to go there. We're, we're really trying to take the tack with UWP that it is the best way to build apps for Windows. And so yeah. we're really trying to open the sandbox up as much as possible and really try and embrace as, as, as broad a series of apps as we can. Yeah. And it's taking release over release, but I think even if you look at some of the things we're talking about, like you know, command line invocation of UWP, we're bringing that there. The ability to use UWP and the startup path, all these other things. Yeah. Like we really want it to be the premier way of building apps, not just universally, but for Windows. Well, know. and the XAML standard is going to make that a lot easier, isn't it? It, it will as well, yes, yeah. absolutely. So ultimately, I can see this working in Xamarin Forms, for example. Well, yeah, Xamarin, uh, XAML standard is definitely you know, a new journey, like a very exciting announcement, and we yeah. really want to embrace and work with the community in collaboration to understand you know, what, right. what we need to do there. And, and I think you know, focusing initially just on getting a converged set of the simplest controls is, is So it's is really interesting that we're bringing the sort of Microsoft, if you will, design patterns to Android and iOS. And you'll be able to tell, you know, the difference between one that was built with on a Microsoft tool set and one that wasn't. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, I'm putting on my future goggles here, but I can, yeah. I can see that happening. I think it's early days and, you know, it, it, I, I, I honestly wouldn't want to, to count on that. No, sure. Or, or not count on that, but, yeah. but I think the right things are happening. And I mean, we've heard the feedback about a single XAML dialect yeah. you yeah. Know, so massively. So and, and I think that got the biggest cheer yeah. when, when it was announced. And so I think you yeah. know, we, we want to listen. And you know, I, the, the great news is that in Windows, like, we do listen 
Yes. I deeply, also feel yeah. like we always have battles for tooling in XAML. You just really want a designer. Well, people really do, right? Yeah. Or they, at least they want the visualization, and maybe it's impossible. You know, for better or worse, especially for the old guy who came from WinForms, like we had this design language. And I'm, I'm going to give it as I'm going to be generous to <laughs> WinForms. Yeah, it was the multi-document interface with the standard set of navigation rules. We eventually added toolbars. Like it was a design language that essentially forced you down a path to build those classic Battleship Gray apps. Which were really UI limited if you think about them. You know, they but were, were replacing by pixels and all of that stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, with WPF, I think, and that's what started it and now XAML, you have so much more control about composition and things including other things that it would be really hard to to do that graphically. Mm -hmm. So I think most people who are using XAML today are using, you know, the, we have the visualization. As soon as we type something and sure, put it in a you control, see you see it. it but I, to me, that's the future. I think that's really where live we are. We're going to live like that. Yeah, because I I, so. the other side that I look at when you say, oh, we have a new design language, it's like the design language that was the Battleship Gray form that kept you in that space and was, and was limited was also consistent. Yeah, you know, they, it was. People, users knew what to do, right? That we introduced the mouse to people's use guidance through built that into the UI. Yeah. Yes. You know, one of the complaints I always had about WPF in those early days, and hey, we made shows about this, right. was that we didn't get a lot of guidance. Yes. No. And we were kind of left to sort of find our way. Yes. So, you know, to me, and the, when you talk about a major, the first major XAML Billy app, well, Billy led the world. He right? did. He was the yeah. best. But when I talk about Microsoft committing to WPF, oh, it was Visual Studio. Studio 2010. Yes. Yeah. Right? And, in, yes. and even then, because they couldn't break all the metaphors, because they had to take care of us as developers, they didn't take WPF where it could have gone. I remember the draggy, droppy, slidey, like all that amazing <laughs> visualization they did in the early days of oh, WPF. Oh, and the all caps. Yeah. You remember well, the all that, caps? That, all of those <laughs> issues around Studio. So like, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that you can help us with tooling as well for this fluent design paradigm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, and you know, I talked about the waves, and it's definitely something that, you know, you'll get an, in the initial set today, you know, we, we're, we're doing the things like the design templates and those things, but you'll definitely see over time, this be another strand where we, we continue to invest release over release to improve the tooling, because yeah. we know that, tool, you know, systems need tooling, and tooling is what kicks off the virtuous cycle, because mm -hmm. it really, helps to get people working in a consistent way and working quickly and rapidly and fast. For sure, and a corollary to that, of course, is, and you dog food it. We want yeah. to see office use fluent. Well, I mean, this was exciting to me to see in the, you know, in, in the design keynote that we showed, like so many of the inbox apps, yeah. we showed live code demos. They're not shipping yet in right. all cases, but like people, you know, people are sort of going, is that a design comp? No, this is actually real code. This is not After Effects where this is you know, the Foo app where Foo may be the photos or right. Groove. Actually, another great talk was done by a couple of guys from the, the apps teams talking about their experiences building in, you know, some of these new design capabilities right. in real world, you know, Microsoft well, And apps. it's what makes, what's fun about living in the Microsoft ecosystem as a developer is you guys are building with it too, right? Yeah. So we get design cues, we get examples, right? We see these exemplars of, of, you know, you want it to look like that. It's good that the operating system looks like that, but I want your flagship apps to look like yeah. that too. Because in the end, my boss comes to me and says, for better or worse, can you make it look like Outlook? 
Yes. You know, like that's right. what used to happen and I kind of want that to happen again. Well, this is really the first time. I think this is literally the first time where we're releasing this new design system and we're saying, here's a whole bunch of Our inbox ass and the shell. You know, here's the start menu using reveal highlight right. and the new apps. And I, I don't know if you saw the, the sort of remix app that we, that we demoed in the keynote. It looked really awesome. You I must know, check no. it out. Well, and believe it or not, your, your talk on big fluent apps from from Build a couple of days ago, it's already online. I've added it to the show notes. Oh, excellent. Like you can go click on it and watch you go for an hour. Yeah, awesome. So, you know, there's more and more of that. Yeah. So how does Blend fit into this picture? That's a really good question. You know, Blend, I actually used to work on the expression team. In fact, I joined Microsoft and joined the expression team. So. Neat. Believe it or not, that's, wow. uh, that's where I came from. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I have a, a love of Blend. I think in my I in love my heart. it myself. I've yeah. used it to do very, very cool controls. And yeah, things. there's some very, very awesome capabilities. And yeah. I think, you know, we're trying to just think all up. How do we evolve this entire, you know, right. place to right. a better place? And, and, and I think it's important that, that, that obviously Visual Studio and Blend exemplify and do the right thing. And, mm -hmm. and I think, again, in, you know, that's not there in wave one. It's definitely an ongoing conversation sure, to sure. figure out. But I think we want more than that. We want a broader ecosystem. You, you look at developer and designer tooling today and it's so diverse you know there's so many incredibly rich tools for ideation and for all the different steps and i really i think we've we've moved past just you know here is a form designer into a right. completely new world and so i think that's really the picture we want to solve holistically uh, and, is, you know, and is there any conversation you know thinking back to the early wpf days and so forth about designer versus developer like where do you see those roles shaking out is it all one person now I, I don't think so. I think there is a strong creative element and, and, and component that needs to come in. And, and I think by systematizing it, we want to sort of inoculate, like obviously there are single shot. There's me like building Brinkcast. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not a designer and, and I can't really afford to employ one. And that's right. where I think if, if the system can help me, that's great. Yeah, you have to be successful too. But, well, but yeah, yeah, I have to be successful too. But equally, I think creativity and expressiveness is part of what we're trying to do here. Yeah. And I think that really needs that creative brain so to yeah we have DevOps now we're going to have dev designers right <laughs> but you know we, we tried this before and we did some shows around it remember when Rocky came out I think it was his name was Anthony was yes. a designer at Magenic right and, and part of the challenge here is because the languages are so different their ways of things are different and they had separate tools there was often a disconnect between that the yeah. designer doesn't know what the coder can code the coder doesn't know how the designer can express so I think there's always real challenges to try yeah. and integrate to get the best of both. That's exactly the problem, especially with commands. You can do that in Blend. You know, you can wire up commands and do all that stuff. What actually happens, you have limited capabilities, but yeah, the designer can take it all the way to the, to the command level. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's, somebody's got to take the charge, right? right? Someone's got to be the lead on that. But you don't want to paint yourself in a corner either way. Right. I'm going to give you a set of APIs, you got to make a UI around it. Uh, this is not how people think about this workflow. Right. I've made this beautiful thing, except for that part where you can't code it, everything's awesome, right? Yes. I, I think you can get to, the, to, to dead ends in both ways. I think you can. So that's why I think it's still a dynamic area that isn't necessarily coalescing around any, any one model of either the, the one singular person or the two split things. I think sure. there will always be this continuum and this back and forth. Sure, yeah. And that's yeah. exciting. And particularly as we come to this new continent of mixed reality and 3D, like there's a whole new set of challenges there that need. And you've had the experience working on the expression team. Like 
designers have tools they love and they're very personal about them. Like, so I've met designers that Photoshop are nothing. Right. And I'm also a developer like, I would rather kill myself than touch Photoshop. Like, yeah. it, it yeah. depends on the person. And I think it's incredibly hard to give someone who has poured their skills into a tool, right? And I'm using old Alan Cooper terminology. They have committed to a sovereign app. Yes. This is how they express their capabilities. Yeah. yeah. You can't change that very easily. No, well, you come to work, and I'm not using my computer. I am using this tool. Yeah, you know, this tool I, is my the is fact my that living. To be carried through a computer is secondary to the it's, point. Exactly, yeah. it's literally my canvas is is Photoshop or it's After Effects or it's Maya. But yeah. that that is my expressive me. You know that exactly. Is no, I like that. I like that a lot, and I hope we can. I hope that the Fluent Design system ties into all of those different, oh, you're a Maya person? Here's how your stuff can be manifested right. fluent. Oh, you, you like Photoshop, here's how that stuff gets manifest. Oh, you, you're not sure of a tool? Let me show you a couple of things you could be using. Like, I, that's a better way of thinking about this. 10 years on, that's roughly what we're talking about right. here. Right. When we were first having these conversations about the designer and developer working together, I thought we, we should be able to knock this out of the park. Yeah, I, I think you know we can tie it back to, to when we started the conversation and talked about Metro and things. Like I think Metro is very constrained. I think one mm -hmm. of the things in fluent design that, that we really want to celebrate is creativity and expression, and that nice. that merits a diversity of tooling and a diversity of approaches. And I think that is a real step change. And that's why when we're saying you know is this an evolution or not? No, I really think it is something new. I would like to see even some of the research that's been done on design like uh, like Mark Miller's for example sure, science, science of great, great UI, UI. Yeah. incorporated as principles you know that can be in templates you know things about using contrast uh, to yes. show importance is yeah. one all and proximity about the pit of success here yeah right? absolutely and, yeah. and proximity to show context and uh, you know all of these things can you know it'd be great to have a little Mark Miller bot looking at your code yeah. saying what are you doing that's all <laughs> <Yeah>. wrong <laughs> He could, little, he could pop up in 3D. <laughs> he, don't little, tempt him. He probably will do it. Well, as long as we draw him blue so he looks like Megamind, it'll be fine, right? Make the head a little bigger. It's Did like, I tell you I introduced Mark Miller to the guy who wrote Megamind? No. He's from our town. No Mystic, kidding. Connecticut. Wow. And yeah, Alan School, Schoolcraft. And he was at a you know high school reunion because we went to high school together. No kidding. And I, I, I said, hey, I got a fan who just wants to meet you. And <laughs> he was like beside himself. <laughs> And uh, Megamind personified. Yeah, the guy who wrote Megamind talking to Megamind personified. <laughs> Hilarious. I love everything about that. That's fantastic. Mm, that is so That cool. sounds like the end of a show. Unless is there you got a call to action else. here? Okay, we're all stoked. What do I do next? I would go to fluent.microsoft.com, mm -hmm. and, and that would get, you know, that's a great jump off point. You can see some of the kind of videos we showed, and from there it links over to the developer guidance and all of the things I've kind of touched upon sort of spring from that one central source. So are we ready to start building today or is this stuff I should be betaing or prototyping and experimenting with? We're, we're close, like uh, we didn't quite ship everything in the, in the most recent Insider release that came out before okay. build. And so the, the demos that we did in our talk, um, we actually built an app that we're going to be shipping and putting it, uh, out in GitHub called Buildcast. It was a podcast-themed uh, video player. What? Where would that have come from? <laughs> yeah, that seems so strange. Imagine where that idea came <laughs> I from. I can't <laughs> even imagine. Um, but we literally built from the ground up a, a, an app that does all of this stuff, and we're going to put it in GitHub. So like, I think GitHub, Microsoft, WAC, Buildcast is where the GitHub repo will be, and that will literally be what we showed in our talk, which is here's all of the Wave 1 stuff that's real today. You can go and use it. The, the reveal highlight, acrylic, connects animations, things we've talked about. 
Wow. You know, go go have a play. Love it, love it, love it. And, looks and give us amazing. feedback. It looks amazing. And, I, yeah, we encourage everybody to check it out and, and jump on. Please do, yeah, please do. Well, James, and thanks. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Me too. Like, this is my dream. You've literally <laughs> fulfilled one of my bucket list items. Ah, oh, it's nice to hear. <laughs> All right, well, this wrong. is Rainbow One. That's <laughs> Rainbow Two. Signing off. We'll see you <laughs> next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got